Shalhevet High School presents the Radical Moderation Podcast. Here's your host, Rabbi Ari Siegel. Hello and welcome to the Radical Moderation Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Siegel. Today, I'm, uh, we're going to do something a little bit unusual. Ordinarily, I have a guest, or I try to have two guests, uh, to come talk about a topic. They've got a little bit of time to prepare. Uh, and we sit down over a cup of coffee, and I share some uh, questions with them and get their responses. Uh, but today, I've decided to do something a little bit different. I just came out of a town hall uh, at Shalhevet. For those of you who are not familiar with our town hall program at Shalhevet, once a week, the students and faculty all get together uh, in our gymnasium and basically discuss an issue. It could be a school policy issue. It could be a school culture issue. It could be a politics issue. It could be a religious issue. Uh, and it's a forum where everyone is there to share their opinion and their voices and to be heard and to listen. Uh, so I just came out of a town hall about the confirmation hearings for Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, it has obviously been a subject of much conversation in the news and in the uh, media uh, over the last few uh, months. And our students, the student leaders of the agenda committee, they're the ones who set the agenda along with some faculty advisors, decided that they wanted to talk about this issue. Not in particular about the uh, merits necessarily of the various arguments within the discussion, but Broadly, like how are we discussing these types of issues? How did we discuss these types of issues? What sorts of factors should we be considering uh, when this happens? And it was a hotly anticipated town hall, and it was remarkable. I mean, I, I kept catching myself thinking these students are just incredible. And I decided, kind of spur of the moment, to grab two students and just pull them into my office with two microphones. Um, they're going to be sharing a mic. We weren't ready for this, so I don't even have two for them. And I'm going to have a mic. And uh, I'm going to have them introduce themselves now. So I want to welcome Evan Rubel and Kate Orlansky. Evan, why don't you introduce us, introduce yourself to our listeners, what grade you're in, where you're from. Hi, I'm Evan Rubel. I'm in 11th grade, and I grew up in the Bray area. I'm Kate Orlansky. I'm from L.A., and I'm in 10th grade. Okay, great. So I'm just going to jump in. I don't even know exactly how to frame this. I'm going to use some of the questions that were used at Town Hall, but uh, feel free. First of all, what did you guys think of the Town Hall? I personally thought it went really well. Um, as a member of the agenda committee, we like one of the things that we really tried to make sure happened at this town hall was that it was respectful and that like things were kept in hand and that we like acknowledged both sides of the argument. And I thought that everyone did a really good job of keeping it together. I didn't think that there were any incidents of like disrespect. I, I thought it went really well. Great. What about you, Evan? Like I really enjoyed the nuance of the conversation, how the agenda committee really like masterfully like um conveyed the questions and gave us really guiding points in order to like foster like meaningful conversation as opposed to being like um, like your typical political conversation. It was really just an amazing experience. The talking points and just shouting and who who's who can raise the volume higher. Let me ask you, let me push back on that one question because I, I think it was phenomenal, meaning I, I haven't heard a conversation at that level with that much maturity, period, in, in most of the discussions that I've seen. Um, do we lose something though if there's not more passion, meaning more extreme positions, but that are listened to respectfully? Because you're right, Kate, I think people were really respectful and it was a safe environment while people were really presenting various sides. But I wonder, did we lose something or is there more to add, let's say, let's not say did we lose something in this town hall. Is there more to add, and the agenda committee could think about this, where 
We want more intensity, not, not to minimize the intensity. We want more, we just want it respectful. I mean, personally, I am in complete favor of the intensity. Um, I think just being respectful, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be intense. I think it's perfectly okay to make bold statements. I do know that today they sort of tried to make sure that nobody was saying anything too extreme or that might offend people. However, I personally don't think that that should be a rule for future town halls. I think it should be okay to say things that you know might offend people because when it comes to political discussions, there's really no way to avoid it. So I think that trying to take that aspect out doesn't always help. However, I think that today's town hall was successful and I think we could try to even loosen the reins a little bit for next time. Just so now that we know that we can do this, maybe we could restrict it a little less in the future. Great, Evan, you're nodding. You agree with yeah. that sentiment? Kate, like I, I really agree. Um, I think that like in future, we, we need to um, ensure that like if we want to allow students to have like free reign of like, uh, giving like more intense um, opinions, we need to ensure that they have like the utmost respect in doing so. And I think like I really understand where the agenda committee and like the administration like is coming from in terms of like our high school students like capable of like engaging in this really controversial controversial discussion without being like disrespectful to one another. But I think today really showed that we are capable of its own future. I think that's something that should be discussed further. Great, really. Uh, let's let's dive into some of the questions that came up today. Um, so. Uh, one of the questions that was raised, and this is germane to you guys because you're in high school, is should adults be held accountable for their actions in high school? Um, either of you want to chime in? I mean, okay. I think that, like, if you murdered someone in high school, like, yes, that's obviously a factor. However, I don't even think that that's the biggest question in this case because we don't even know if he did it. So first, I think the step would be to figure out if he did it or if he did not, and so far, like the consensus is that he did not do it. If he did it, then you can ask the question, does it matter how long ago it was? But however, like in a situation like this, that is honestly like an irrelevant sort of like point because we like, it's just such a vague argument. Like right now there's not a lot of evidence. There's not, there's, there's not enough going on in like the current time to discuss what happened 30, 60 years ago. Like if, if that's an, if that's like an issue or not, like I just think we need to establish if it happened or not. So, Kate, something you mentioned uh, during the town hall, which really struck me, was just about some of the hashtags that have we've seen going on, like believe, believe women. Uh, could you just share with the listeners sort of the comment you made and your thoughts on that? Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I saw a lot of girls or boys posting um, pictures that said like hashtag believe her or hashtag believe women. And Every time I saw that, I honestly, like, I just thought that it was, like, I just really think it's absurd to say that we will believe an entire class of people simply because they are women. I think it's honestly sexist, and I think that, like, in this country, in America, like, we don't believe people based on sex or race or anything like that. Like, we're not going to believe you because we're, you're a man. We're not going to believe you because you're a woman. We're going to believe you if you have evidence. And in this situation, there was not incriminating evidence, and just the fact that she's a woman doesn't justify kicking him off the Supreme Court because we believe her because she is a woman. Thoughts, Evan? I really don't want to take like a robust stance on this particular issue, but I think where that where some people using that hashtag may be coming from is that oftentimes in the situations like we've been seeing recently in Hollywood, that women might not be heard and they might not feel like they're in the position if they um, encounter um, sexual assault or trauma, that they might not feel comfortable or in the position to speak their mind and really um, ensure that 
they that they like get that they um, like are really seen as people that that they should be. That's okay. Yeah, Evan, you're a high schooler, Evan. Yeah. You, you guys have been insanely impressive. So d- you can you can stop yeah. in the middle. I think people understand what you're getting at. If you yeah. want to refine it and you think about it later, jump yeah. back in. Do you guys? I just want to point out something interesting that I'm not sure if you think is reflective of anything. So, uh, and again, I could be completely wrong. I sense that in the political turmoil of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, it felt like. Not always, because I think you're right, men and women, both of you made sure to say that it's across gender lines. But it felt like somehow there was a division between men and women, or it felt pretty divided between men and women to a large degree. I'm not saying, but the stats were probably disproportionate if I had to guess. Maybe someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But Evan, you seem to be a little bit more uh, liberal in your thinking, and Kate, you seem to be a little bit more conservative. Is that, are you like... um, the term in Judaism is Yotzei Menachlal. Like, are you uh, exceptions. Uh, exceptions to the rule? Thank you, Evan. <laughs> um, or do you think like, nah, it's just that, that's just the way it is. I mean, like statistically, I guess I am an exception because probably most women or most, yeah, more women probably tend to be liberal than conservative. I mean, that's just one of many exceptions. Like, I also live in California. I'm also young. <laughs> I'm probably, like, the least likely person to be a conservative, yet here I am. I mean, I don't really think, like, being a woman makes you inherently liberal. I just think, like, that tends to be the case. So, yeah. Well, why would that tend to be the case? That's interesting. I think the whole feminist movement is probably a big role in it. I mean, that tends to be a very liberal issue. And I'm sure a lot of women, like, associate with that. And I just don't. Interesting. I wonder if stats like before feminism, what they show about women being more liberal on uh, social issues, forget about political issues, would be interesting. What about you, Evan? Do I, you ever feel like you're... Yeah. Yeah. I think now it's kind of emerged as, like, the divisiveness has really emerged in terms of, like, statistics and the hashtags and just, like, the particular events that cause, that kind of catalyze the divisiveness have become so much more apparent. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, people feel, I don't know if it, it probably is true, that uh, men polarize towards one side and women polarize to the other. Interesting. All right, I have two more questions. I'm going to kind of direct them at e- one at each of you, but you're wel- the other person's welcome to jump in. You ready? This is the hot seat of, like, I feel like I'm on a sports talk show host. Welcome to the hot seat. Okay, uh, Kate, um, there is, a, I have heard a lot of people say that it's not whether Justice Kavanaugh did it or not. And nobody questions his qualifications as a jurist. He is above reproach. He's, his opinions, you can search through thousands of them. I mean, I don't even know. I'm, you know, I, I don't, I read enough to be uh, a host of a podcast, but not enough to be an expert on anything. Um, but that his temperament in responding to the accusations was problematic, I think, uh, there were even some other justices or justice, former justices who wrote that. There were people in the New York, I read some New York Times uh, uh, op-eds or edit, you know pieces which said, listen, you're right, there is very little evidence. This is not enough to, to change somebody's trajectory. But the temperament of a, of a judge on the Supreme Court, uh, the court of the highest you know, court in our land, needs to be above that kind of response. Thoughts? I mean, like... This sort of this trial was sort of a war of emotion, and I think there was a lot of emotion on both sides, understandably. And I think Justice Kavanaugh was put in such a situation that would obviously like require or not require, but cause him to like give a frantic response. I mean, he was put under a lot of pressure. Like this was 
you know, shown in front of the entire country. Like, his name is at stake. Like, his family's lives are being ruined practically. But, like, I just, like, I don't think that that would be a reason to take him off the Supreme Court of how he, he responded after being falsely accused of sexual assault. I think that's an exception to most cases. And if he's a qualified justice, then he should be on the Supreme Court. By the way, we have justices who, meaning you're supposed to recuse yourself if you're going to be emotionally involved in some way on a Supreme Court case, which means we recognize the emotions of justices. Um, Evan, I don't know if you would agree to that. Did you think his temperament was okay? Too much? That's not the point. I mean, I do admit I haven't... Um read uh done much much research on his temperament like prior to this whole um him being in the limelight like in front of the entire nation but just like one of the highlights from the hearing for me is he was responding to one of the senators and about blackout blackout drinking i think and he said he responded to one of the senators saying oh like do you or uh, liking beer do you like beer or do you drink in this type of way and i just think that that kind of like Kate, I definitely understand that. Like being put in a situation where like the entire the the eyes of the nation are on you, and like these are like serious accusations that some people might get defensive. But I feel like the demeanor and the eloquence that should come with being a Supreme Court justice should be above how he behaved in the hearing. You want to respond? Yeah, I mean, like I completely agree. Like the ideal situation was that he would like respond very eloquently and very calm. And yes, it was like a stressful situation, but that might or might not like excuse him of doing this. But, like, I just don't think that that's the biggest factor at stake here. Like, there's clearly, like, a lot of other things going on in this case. And the way that he responded to his questions should not be the thing that decides if he's, like, worthy or not of being on the Supreme Court. Now, this is a great discussion for us to have, not the yelling back and forth. You know, it's interesting. I had uh, read about his response. I wasn't able to watch his response at first when it when it first happened. And uh, I read that he was, you know, it was, it was too emotional. I'd, I'd read some uh, an op-ed somewhere. And then I watched it and it was certainly emotional, but I was like, I don't know. I don't even know. He's just so emotional. You'd be emotional also. I, I certainly would love for Supreme Court justices to be almost uh, robotic. But then again, why don't we just have nine robots, you know, programmed for liberal, for conservative and one tiebreaker? I don't know what. It's like, you know, the the, the there's a movie about the future where they can predict it or something. I Meaning like these are human beings. That's part of what supreme that's part of what human beings do, whether it's rabbis who give religious rulings, whether it's judges, they're supposed to be as objective as possible and be able to really empathize with both sides and and look at precedent and law. I mean, it's like a Talmud class we're in. Um, but you know, they they're humans, and so emotion is a part of it. And so I was it was actually interesting for me. I I hadn't seen the tape. I read that it was overly emotional uh, in an op-ed, and then I watched it and I thought, hmm, I'm not sure it's overly emotional. It's certainly emotional, and I was sort of stuck, and I think you guys, really interesting. Okay, so I want to end on the question that the town hall moderator, Talia, ended on, which we didn't get to address. Uh, she quoted President Trump, who said, um, and uh, I'm paraphrasing if either of you know the quote, but it's something like it's a, it's a hard time to be a man, or it's yeah. something like that in America. Um, I don't even know if he said America. Um, and she said, like, what is that? Where is that coming from? I know they were floating around. Uh, you know, I saw uh, Trevor Noah, uh, who hosts The Daily Show. Um, I happen not to like that whole genre, but that's a separate story uh, for moral, like for character reasons. I don't think it's good for us as a society to mock the way these shows do. Uh, and I don't think it's good for anyone to mock. But Trevor Noah was had a sort of between-the-scenes a clip where he was saying that uh, President Trump is turning men into the victim when really, you know, they should be not 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 the perpetrators, but 
like, hey, this is about women who are victims. Now you're turning it into men who are victims. Thoughts? I thought it was a super interesting. Uh... I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't give you firsthand experience because I'm not a man, but I'm pretty sure that President Trump was referring to the fact that a man was falsely accused of sexual assault and a lot of the evidence is believe her, she's a woman. So I think that's what he means by like, it's like what, I don't know exactly what he it's said. It's a tough about, time to be yeah, a man. Yeah, something like yeah. that. That's probably what he meant. I mean, like, yeah, that happens a lot in this country nowadays. And I, I mean, that must be what he's referring to. So I think it's a fair point. I don't even necessarily think that this is an argument about men and women. Like, I think this is more of an argument about facts. And there weren't a lot of facts in this trial. There was not a lot of evidence. So, like, I just, I think that the, like, I don't think that the solution is just to, to turn into believe her, she's a woman, or don't believe him because he's a man. Like, the only thing that can settle this is facts. And if there are none, then it, like, he must be innocent. Evan, you got nothing to say. Yeah. Shaking your head. You know, Kate, it's interesting. As I was listening to you, um, and you're talking, and again, I, you, I find you to be incredibly balanced, and you're sort of, even when you're debating with someone you don't agree with, I see that you tend to, it's not even give them the benefit of the doubt, you're just hearing them as charitably as possible. Meaning like, I hear what you're trying to say. There's actually, uh, in a new book by Jonathan Haidt, um, he writes, there's a principle in philosophy and rhetoric called the principle of charity, which says that one should interpret other people's statements in their best, most reasonable form, not in the worst or most offensive way possible. Um, which I think is interesting. I think we're doing that for people on our own quote unquote team. You know, like if I hear something by someone who agrees with me, I'm like, no, what they meant was, and I'm interpreting it in the best way possible. And when I hear something from somebody else on a different team, and I'm not talking about you, because uh, I really do think you interpret charitably in all directions. Um, I interpret, you know, unfavorably. I sort of like hear the, and, and you know, I, I hear the worst version of it. So listen, Trevor Noah is a more progressive liberal commentator who, you know, tends to criticize the right wing. So of course he hears President Trump saying it's a tough time to be a man and he takes it in its worst possible form. And Kate is saying, wait, okay, I hear you, but wait a minute. Maybe the best possible version of it is, is something like you described, which is that there's a, he feels right or wrong, there's a man who is being falsely accused who might lose this job of a lifetime, this thing he's worked to earn, and it's based on the testimony of a person or, you know, or two other people who came forward, believable or not, and he thinks that's just not fair, and 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 he's, he's seeing a push because, hey, this is just a, you know, she's a woman and we need to believe her, and sexual assaults go unreported. Someone quoted the stats today and sort of like said, so many sexual assaults go unreported, and the ones that are reported are, are you know, are, are always, you know, other than 10% are believable, which implied in some way like that, it's a default setting of believing somebody who's accusing somebody rather than continuing with this innocent until proven guilty, which feels like um, a touch point in this debate. Um, I, don't know what, I don't know what you guys think. I know I rambled there for a second. I mean, yeah, if responding to like what you said yeah, about yeah, like acknowledging the other side, like, thank you. Um, I, I just sort of think that, like, if you want to make a stronger point, you need to understand the other side. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it. In fact, you probably should disagree with it if you want to make a strong point. But, like, in this situation, this is really just a battle of, like, one word versus another. And, like, I think I said, like, in town hall, like, to me, it's the equivalent of if I accused R Ruth Bader Ginsburg of blackmailing me and it was my word against hers, like, we shouldn't have an accused blackmailer on the Supreme Court. And I said that in response because somebody said, like, this is like such 
an extreme position and like we should we have an accused sexual assault on the Supreme Court? And so I said that in response because I understood what they were saying. Like I I get it. Like should we have somebody who's been accused of such a high crime in like such a powerful position? Like should we even take the risk? So my response is it's really just one word against another. And if there's no evidence, then there's really nothing that we can do about it. What did Justice Bader Ginsburg ask you to do? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to go with, I want to hear the story, Kate. I know, it's an interesting story. Evan, any, <laughs> well, for another podcast. Yeah, no, we need to pop the ratings. Evan, any closing words you have? Yeah, just responding to Robert to what you said right at the end, I think that it would be incredibly beneficial if we can take what we experienced today in the short 50 minutes in town hall and just really apply it to like the national political discussion and really just understand and really embrace this as- aspect and characteristic of charity, like as even like non-political debates, like we should just be be courteous and be friendly to one another, especially like if we have differences. And I think that's really important for yeah. us to. Well, listen, uh, if you guys are looking for a side gig, it could be maybe me, the two of you, and then guests and we can do a road show. I don't know what you guys are doing the rest of the next few months, you're in. Um, the pay is very low, but the you reap the rewards in, in heaven. Uh, I don't know. All right, thank you, Kate. Thank you, Evan. You guys were awesome. Uh, uh, and I, I look forward to having you back as guests again if you're uh, if you're up for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>